0: Welcome to the City Reach Baptist podcast. If you would like more information about the life of our church, please go to our website at cityreach.com.au or like us on Facebook. We hope you enjoy this message. Are you ready to say good morning, church? Good morning, church. That's fabulous. If you don't know what my name is, my name's Jeff, if you didn't pick that up, or Jeff in Mexican. Um, So good to be with you today on this very, very special day, Mother's Day, where we get to celebrate mums, and more broadly, where we get to celebrate the women of our community. And Nathan so eloquently said earlier how blessed we are as a church to have so many fine women within our community, and we would not be as we are, and we would really be bereft without you, and we honour you, we thank God for you, we thank God as you have been willing to serve him uh, as a part of that, you 've served us and uh, made it the be- and beautiful community that we are today. My uh, mother is in hospital at present. She went into hospital last week, and um, a specialist came in and informed her that she has pancreatic cancer. Um, he went through the list of hardship that she was going to face and the treatment that she would face. He returned six hours later and said he was sorry. He got it wrong. Um, I have friends in town and we're going to dispose of him. So if you're in oncology (laughs) and you're looking for a job in Western Australia, there's going to be one come up very soon. So we are thankful that something much less and she's getting some special treatment and expected to make a full recovery within a few weeks. So praise God. Praise God for our mothers. Not everybody honours women in our community. Our community is divided over how women should be honoured, how women should be seen, how women should be respected. And uh, as diverse as we are as a community, so are the attitudes towards women within our community. Utterly broken. This gentleman on the screen for you is one of those fellows who's had a stab at trying to place women within our community. And he said, I think women are foolish to pretend that they are equal to men. And all the men said, absolutely nothing. But that's not the full quote. I know he looks like one of those guys you'd want to take out and stake down. okay? But have a look at what he said a little bit further on. He says, I think that women are foolish to pretend that they are equal to men. They are far superior and always have been. And all the men said, <laughs> Well done, guys. That was pathetic. <laughs> I didn't know we had so many whipped guys in our congregation. There you go. But that wasn't the extent of his quote. uh, He goes on to say this, Whatever you give a woman, she will make great. If you give her a house, she'll make it into a home. If you give her groceries, she will make a banquet. If you give her a smile, she'll give you her heart. She multiplies and enlarges whatever you give her. Isn't that beautiful? And uh, I want to say, though, this did not originate with him. This originated with God himself as we go back to Proverbs chapter 31 and see how God speaks about women. The scriptures speak about women in many ways, but Proverbs 31 really does encapsulate the heart of God towards women in that time and in this time and forevermore. I'd just like to touch on a bit of that. We, I have the whole psalm there for you, or particularly the, sorry, the proverb, particularly the part that speaks to the women. He says in the beginning of that, an accomplished woman who can find her value is far beyond rubies. Her husband heart trusts in her and he lacks for nothing valuable. How beautiful women are within our community, within our families, within our church. And coming down to the next slide and down through The verses. I won't read them all to you. She discerns that her business is good. Her lamp never goes out at night. She extends her hand to the spindle and her palm grasps the spinning wheel. She spreads out her palm to the poor and extends her hand to the needy. We are super blessed, super blessed to have women within our community that honour God in their lives and bless our homes, bless our church. And we honour you today. Whether you're a mother or not, a female in our community, we honor you today. Going down to the latter part of this beautiful proverb, she opens her mouth with wisdom. A lesson of kindness is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not... You know, I've already preached this. And it's happened again. I didn't think I was going to do it this time. And she does not eat bread in idleness. Praise God for our women. I thank God for my precious wife and the blessing that she has brought to our home, the protection, the provision, and continues to do so. The scriptures show the value of women to God. It isn't true that women are more not valued by God, but it's actually true that God highly values women, and that's reflected in the Word of God. Jesus has a very, very clear message for all of you today, not just the women in our community, but particularly our women, but all of us today, and that is that you matter to Him. From the very first word in the Bible to the very last word, as you track the Scriptures through, you see the heart of God towards those whom He created. We learn in the beginning of God's word that he created us male and female. And as is mentioned earlier today, he created us equal. You matter to God. Now we experience this broken world because of the sin that was brought into the world through Adam and Eve. And that brokenness has reflected itself in a a thousand different ways. And women have been the victim of that as we've lived with the bigoted ideas down through the centuries of where women are placed within our society. But I want to say this to you. I want to say five, four things. I scratched one out because I've got too much to say. And uh, all of you want to go and break for lunch and have that beautiful, beautiful pork roast with the crackling on top and the gravy and the apple sauce, and those beautiful roast pumpkin. You know, it's nice and soft and you can just scoop it out of the skin. It's just... I know that's killing you and I'm glad. (laughs) I want to say four things to you today. First of those is that society does not determine your worth. Society may have much to say about the role of women within our community. It may have much to say about your power or lack of power. And overlaid through all of our community and right through our nation and right through our world is full of bigots and idiots and stupid people who think they know more than the God who created them. But I want you to know that God says that you are not determined by what society says about you. God sees you as his beautiful creation. He he said when he created you in the beginning that he created you in the image of God. And as you read on in the book of Genesis, he says all that he created was very good. God delights in you. God sees you as part of that beautiful creation. You matter to God regardless of your position in life. Whether you're strong or whether you're weak, whether you work in a position of authority and you have the opportunity to move people around, or whether you work in a lesser field, from a societal point of view, I say that, not in God's eyes, because no matter where you are, you matter to God and you're of great worth to Him. Do you remember the story of the woman in John chapter 4 at the well? It's called the Samaritan woman. She's not a Jewish person. And when we go back into Bible times, that designation is incredibly important Samaritan women were considered by Jews to be completely worthless a Jewish man would never speak to a Samaritan woman would would not even approach her because they were considered to be so lowly so ignorant was the thinking at that time and I will say to you that we have not progressed but so ignorant was some of the thinking at that time that women were considered to be even lower than animals. So for a Jew to approach a woman, a Samaritan woman no less, was just mind-blowing. And when you come into John chapter 4, we're not talking about any man approaching a Samaritan woman. We're talking about God in the flesh. Jesus Christ. Nothing that was created was created without him. Everything was created through him. This is God approaching a woman at the well at noon, in the middle of the day. And that has a story behind it because this woman was incredibly marginalized. Not only was she a Samaritan, so she's outside the Jewish race, not only was she considered to be the lowest of low, but as the story goes on, we find out that she had five previous husbands, and the man that she's currently living with is not her husband. So she goes out to the well at lunchtime in the heat of the day normally they go early in the morning or late in the evening to avoid the heat but she goes out in the middle of the day because she is so marginalized within her community so looked down on not only by the Jews but by her own people she was considered to be worthless she's out at the well drawing water to take home to a man that's not even her husband. And her life, when she looked back over the journey of her life, it was one bad mistake, one bad decision, one bad opportunity after another. Bang, bang, all the way down her life. And resonating in her heart was, I'm of no value to anybody except that I gather water and I give my body to a man that's not my husband. But then God walks into the scene and he sees her as part of his beautiful creation and he goes up to her and he does what no Jewish man should do but he's more than a Jewish man he's God and he speaks to her she's just blown away she's thinking what's this Jewish man doing talking to me A woman who's had five husbands and the man that I'm sleeping with now is not my husband and I'm such a worthless creature and yet this Jewish man is speaking to me. An amazing picture of God's heart for women. Was this man out of his mind? No, he was the son of God. He was a Jew and she was a Samaritan. He was a man and she was a woman. He is the saviour and her life is transformed. As he speaks to her, the revelation that Jesus Christ is the one that they've been waiting for, is God in the flesh, and she believed upon him and she went back to her hometown and told all her friends and neighbors that she'd met the Christ, and this woman's life was transformed. The person you would least expect to be transformed. And you might be sitting here today thinking there's no way my life can be transformed because when you look back over the decisions I've made through my life, it seems like I've made one bad decision after another bad decision and I'm sitting here today pretending that I'm actually doing well but actually my life is a complete wreck. I have great news for you. If you will humble yourself and come to Jesus today, he will transform your life. He doesn't look at you through the mistakes that you have made He looks at you as his precious creation and he can do that because Jesus Christ has died on the cross and paid the price for all of our bad mistakes, all of our bad decisions and he's able to transform our story if we will come and humble ourselves before him. Doesn't that deserve an amen? Isn't that just so exciting? That's here for you today. You don't have to hide in the shadows anymore. You can come to Jesus and he will touch you and he will heal you and he will transform you. Second thing that he shares with us is that you were created for a purpose. Isn't that great news? You were created for a purpose. Whether you are a broker of business deals, flying back and forward to Perth and Melbourne and neglecting your husband, or whether you're caring for tiny tots you are here for a reason that got a much better laugh in the first service you guys are really behind the eight ball okay i get left home with cold baked beans and a long handled teaspoon but i enjoy it nonetheless i want to tell you that god has a purpose for you he has a great adventure ahead that can far outreach any implications that have occurred in your life or any heartaches, just whether or not you're gutsy enough to take hold of that. Are you prepared to surrender yourself to the Lord Jesus Christ and walk step lockstep with him? Trust him for your life. Do you remember a woman in the scriptures called Mary Magdalene? Mary Magdalene was that precious woman who came to the tomb when Jesus had been put in the tomb and she came with the other Mary and they bought spices because they loved the Lord Jesus Christ so much that they wanted to care for his lifeless dead body and they were going to get the stone rolled back and they were going to go in and they were going to embalm his body but what you might not know the love that this woman had for our Lord Jesus Christ came out of a broken life she was a woman who was demon possessed the only picture we really get of a demon possessed person in the scriptures is of a man later on in the in the gospels where we see this man demon possessed and we get a description of him being naked totally out of his mind uncontrollable they even tied him in chains and he could break the chains this woman's life was utterly broken she was completely trapped No one had an answer for her. There was no one within her church or her synagogue or her family or her community that could help her. She was trapped in a life that was going to go nowhere. But then she met the Lord Jesus Christ. And with a word and with a touch, her life was totally transformed. And this woman who would have completely marginalised became a critical part, a vital part of the Lord Jesus Christ's ministry. The Lord Jesus Christ had a purpose for Mary Magdalene. He has a purpose for you and he can touch your life and use you in ways that you'd never imagined. Have a look in your Bibles or up on the screen in Mark 16 verse 9. Now when he arose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to who? What? the first witness of God rising from the dead is a woman who was formerly demon-possessed. Not enough that she was a woman in this society who had no opportunity or had no way of healing herself. She was considered to be so lowly within her community that she was not even allowed to be a witness in court because she couldn't trust the testimony of a woman. And yet, God looks at women totally differently. God says, I want the first witness of my resurrection to be Mary Magdalene, whom I healed from being demon-possessed. If this was made up, you'd never choose Mary Magdalene. You would have chosen a religious leader who had great authority. But you see, God doesn't need to lean on anybody else's authority. He has his own And he loves so much those whom he created in his image, he reached out to Mary Magdalene, this beautiful woman who had been released by the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you here today and your life is totally bound? We don't call it demon possession today, but is your life a complete train wreck and you're feeling utterly trapped and you've knocked on every door that you can think to knock on and no one's been able to answer the brokenness in your life? I want to tell you there is one who can. And I want to introduce you to them this morning. His name is Jesus Christ. And he can transform your life. He is here today beckoning you to humble yourself before him. And to give your burden to him. And he will take your burden. And he will give you his spirit. And he will transform you. Isn't that awesome news? This is the power of our Lord. And this is the love of God. Mary trusted the Lord Jesus Christ. What about Mary, the mother of Jesus? What an incredible, incredible call upon her life. This young girl gets a visit from an angel to say that she's going to be able to bear God the Son, and that the Holy Spirit would overshadow her and that she would conceive of a child. And we think, how amazing. This girl's life was about to be totally wrecked. She lived in a community where having a child outside of marriage was completely frowned upon. She would have been excluded from her religious community. She would have been shunned and embarrassed, and shamed, and her parents wouldn't have known where to look. Everything in her society, everything in her upbringing, everything in her raising cried out, you've got to be kidding. But such was her trust in God. She obeyed him. And God used her as a vessel To bring into our world the Lord Jesus Christ in human form. And today we're the recipients of that. And millions before and millions to come. Because Mary trusted the Lord Jesus Christ. And you can trust him today. We lay aside your fears and choose to trust God with all of your life. Invite him in and be transformed like Mary Magdalene. Trusting like Mary, the mother of Jesus, and be used powerfully by God to touch the lives of other people. So precious are women to our God because you see, it's not like you're an afterthought. You are part of God's precious creation, intimately designed by your creator, created equal and beautiful and the pinnacle of God's creation. And grace, the third thing I want to say to you is grace was meant for you too. Isn't grace just the best thing getting around? Grace of God, the grace of God that knows no bounds, the grace of God that is not restricted by anything. Our lives oftentimes are full of mistakes. You've missed your flight, you've messed up a report that you were supposed to do for work, or maybe you forgot to put the kiddies' snacks in their little... Lunchbox, and they got to school, and all the kids were opening their lunchbox, and your child opened the lunchbox, and they had fresh air for morning tea. That's why they became a thief. They had to rob the other kids. You forgot to get morning tea ready for the soccer game, and there are only the little things, but God's grace is there for you. You remember the story? If you come into John chapter eight and verses ten and eleven. Of the woman who was caught in adultery. This was not really about the woman. This was about the Pharisees and the Sadducees trying to entrap God himself in a lie. They were trying to propose a question to him where he would undo himself. Where he would reveal himself as less than God. And typical of humanity, we use people instead of loving people. These wicked men came up with a scheme to entrap this young girl in adultery. And then when she was in the act of adultery, they exposed her and dragged her out into a public forum. And her life must have flashed before her eyes. What she thought she was going to do in secret all of a sudden was out in the open. What she thought she was going to do in secret was now exposed to all her family and all her religious community. What she thought perhaps was going to be a long life was going to end very shortly in a stoning in front of these religious leaders. And they didn't care one little bit for her. You hear that? Their hearts were full of so much hate and so much greed that they were prepared to take her life so that they could prove a point. And you know what? We have the same hearts, capable of the same brokenness, but then God shows up, and as he always does when he comes on the stage, he turns everything upside down. Supposedly, they were going to give him a question that it was impossible to answer. The story goes that he stepped back and wrote something in the sand that we don't know what he wrote. And man, that's going to be really cool to find out what that was. But it was so terrifying. And so impacting that all these self-righteous people gathered around with stones in their hands, ready to kill this precious girl, dropped their stones. One by one, they started to move away. Very soon, there were only two people standing there. This young lady and God in the flesh. And God speaks in these verses. And Jesus stood up and said to her, Woman, Because Jesus liked to call people woman. He used to demean them with that name. Woman. It's actually a really beautiful term in the original language. It's not meant like we use it today. It's a term of endearment and tenderness and respect. Here's God himself. With a woman that's been committing adultery and it's plain to see for everybody. And he treats her and speaks to her with respect. How should we not treat others like that? And he says, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said, amen, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. You see, the invitation for you today is to come to the Lord Jesus Christ and surrender your life to him. He knows everything about you. What is hidden to us is plain for him to see. And he still loves you. He still cares for you. He's still waiting for you to bring that burden to him and lay it down because you see, he's already paid the price for it. You don't need to carry it anymore. Bring it to him and he will forgive you. Extend his grace to you. And you'll hear those same words in your heart resonating through the spirit of God. Go, you've been forgiven. Sin no more. You are free. Free from condemnation. Hallelujah. That offer is for you today. Come and lay down your burden. Give it to the Lord Jesus Christ. Turn from your anger. Turn from your self-loathing, your fear, your bitterness, your jealousy, your adultery, and be forgiven. Isn't that a great invitation? In a little while, I'm going to ask you to take those cards that are on your seat and make an airplane out of them. No, no. What are you thinking? I want you to take those cards and have a look what's on there, and we want you to respond to the prayer that we're going to lead you in a moment. The invitation that you've been receiving all the way through this message by the Spirit of God that you would come and lay down your burden and be forgiven. But I want to say one final thing to you, as women and indeed as a community don't be afraid to persist in prayer. This is one of God's gifts to us, and particularly to you ladies. Don't be afraid to persist in prayer. Don't confuse your bold petitions with nagging. You can't wear the Lord Jesus Christ out. Reach out to him with relentless abandon. Isn't that gorgeous? Reach out to him with relentless abandonment. You see, prayer is a gift from God. It's a gift. Dr. David Pallison says it this way. He says, what do we need to pray for? In prayer, he says, we connect the human need with the promises of God. Isn't that beautiful? We have so much need in our lives and God has given us this gift of prayer so that we can connect our need with the promises of God. And with the promises of God come the presence and the power of God into our lives as well. This is how much you are loved by God, that he calls you to prayer, not because he wants you to learn this discipline that you find so difficult. It's because he wants to meet you in the midst of his promises. And he wants to meet you personally. Don't we need to be praying? We need every day. Does anybody here need wisdom? Thank you very much. I do too. Doubly, doubly. And God says, Jeff... Don't be frightened to ask me for wisdom because I will not judge you. Isn't that good? Like I go to God and say, I need wisdom. And he doesn't say, oh, you are such a doofus. <laughs> like you were here yesterday. I mean, how much wisdom do you need? Like, I know you need a lot. No, he says, come to me. He said, I love it when you come to me and ask for wisdom. Because when you come to me in prayer and ask for wisdom, I can connect the promises of my word to you and you can meet with me personally and experience my power. Don't we need understanding? We don't need more information. I don't know if you've noticed, we've got the internet now, and we're no better off. In fact, we're a lot worse off. Vile filth, the information overload. We don't need that. We need wisdom and understanding, and you get that with God through prayer, where we connect with his promises. We need power to live within our sufferings and afflictions, God has not promised us in this world that's broken because of the sin from the garden that we will be alleviated of our sufferings and our afflictions. There are some who will live with their sufferings and afflictions until they're taken to be with the Lord. Some of us will suffer afflictions and penalties and difficulties throughout our lives. And God does not just pluck us out of those and wrap us in cotton wool and send us off into heaven. But what he does do through prayer is he meets with us personally through his word and we are comforted and strengthened with the promises that he's made to never leave us nor forsake us. And even if our afflictions lead us to death, we do not face that on our own. We face that with him as we step in the twinkling of an eye from this world to his presence forevermore. Prayer is so needful. We need to pray because we need protection. We need forgiveness. Is there anyone here that does not need forgiveness? I need forgiveness for every step I take in my life. Every time I open my fat gob, every time I have a thought, I need God's grace and forgiveness. And you know, the amazing thing is God's grace is already there for me. God's mercy is like already in front of me. It's almost like God knows I'm going to muck up because that's what God knows. God knows all things. Don't we need his presence? Don't we need his provision? Don't we need the hope that we get from enjoying him? Don't we need that indestructible friendship of knowing God? Amen? Amen. And this God has given to us through the gift of prayer. I want to finish with this. You matter to God. Did you hear me? You matter to God. All of you matter to God. Both male and female, God created us in his image and he said it is very, very good. You matter to God. And in Romans 10 verse 13, we learn about the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be... Sounds like some of you are only just going to scrape in. Okay, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be... Hallelujah. I need to be saved today. I trusted the Lord many years ago when I was a young man. But I have needed to be saved every day from that point. I have made so many dumb decisions through my life. And I have needed to cry out to God, please help me God, please forgive me for my sin. And sadly tomorrow, I no doubt will be on my knees again asking God to save me. And I got a fairly good idea that you need the same if you're willing to be humble enough we could stand together and pray actually i might get you to remain seated this time let's remain seated would you humble yourself before the lord and i'd like to lead you in prayer after that time i'd like you to take your pens each one of you even if you're just going to let us know that you're here today and fill out those cards on your seat And then a little bit later on, we're going to collect those cards before we close. But let's bow our heads in prayer and ask God to save us. Would you pray with me? Father in heaven, we come before you, a broken people. We come before you and acknowledge that we need your wisdom and your power and your understanding. Father, for some of us like me, I can look back over my life and see the hundreds of silly things and the bad choices that I've made. And if I think a bit harder, I see how that impacts my loved ones and my family and my friends and my church. And Father, I need to offload that. I need to give that to you because I don't want that to be my future. So I humble myself before you and I give you my brokenness I ask you to forgive me for my sin. I take the burden that I've been carrying for far too long and I give that to you because I know now that Jesus Christ has paid the price for me. And I don't need to carry this burden anymore. I thank you that you love me. I thank you that you have made a way for me to enjoy you. And I invite you into my life right now to be my Lord and my Savior, to take control of my life. Every part of my life I surrender to you. I thank you, God, for sending Jesus to die in the place that I should have died. I thank you, God, for sending Jesus to pay the price for me so that you could buy me back and give me a future and a hope and forgiveness and joy And a home in heaven. I say thank you. I humble myself before you now. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray these things. And all the people said, Amen. Amen. Amen.